Hi, I'm Jesse. Welcome to Reason for Hope. This week in our devotions, we're going to talk about experientialism. There are some things within Christian apologetics that work and there are some things that don't. And when I say work, what I mean is they bear evangelistic fruit. Today's is going to be really hard for me to share because within experientialism, meaning I believe this is true because I experienced something, there are aspects of Christianity, denominations within the Christian church that rely wholly upon experientialism. They don't so much keep the word of God central, they keep an emotional experience central. And I've seen the long-term effects of this kind of approach. So we're going to talk about what works and what doesn't work. And ultimately, ultimately, you do experience the Holy Spirit of God when you're saved. And without the Holy Spirit, there is no salvation. See 1 John, see Ephesians, see anything that Paul writes. I mean, you need the Holy Spirit in order to be saved. See our whole study on the book of Acts, like the Holy Spirit is essential to conversion. But the Holy Spirit does not necessarily manifest emotionally. There's nothing in scripture that says you must be in a certain emotional state to know that you've been converted and saved. And there's nothing in scripture that says you have to speak in tongues in order to be saved. So I love the charismatic church. I love you guys. I mean, as a Southern Baptist, we're doctrinally very similar, but the different, the crucial difference we have is over our, over our interpretation of what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here's 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy, meaning to speak the words of God. For the person who speaks in another tongue is not speaking to people, but to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the person who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. The person who speaks in another tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish that all of you spoke in other tongues but even more that you prophesied. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may be built up, right? There's a really fruitful evangelistic ministry that's put on within charismatic churches whom I love and I, I'm a part of a network with brothers in Christ uh, who are a part of this and they're bearing fruit and I praise God for that. It's bearing fruit, it's good. But I've also seen the damaging effects within particularly one charismatic church in my old hometown that taught if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. All right, this scripture places the gift of tongues in its proper place, wherein tongues is a spiritual gift, but it's nothing compared to prophecy, meaning speaking the words of God. doesn't mean calling out next week's lotto numbers, otherwise we wouldn't have a building campaign right now. It means speaking the words of God, teaching scripture. Paul places the gift of tongues low on a hierarchy of gifts. So it cannot then be necessary for salvation. When it comes to experientialism, meaning I believe that God is real because I've experienced him, we have to be careful because somebody can have an emotional experience at a Mormon gathering. Somebody can have an emotional experience at a Jehovah's Witness gathering. Somebody can have an emotional experience at a satanic church, for crying out loud. Experientialism is not sufficient for proof. Look at our M&M's illustration, where you look at what you've experienced, what you hold in your hand, it does not indicate the whole. It does not indicate everything else that's around you. You could have a bad experience. You could have a really good experience, something that doesn't indicate the full truth. 
speaking in tongues is not necessary for salvation. If you came from a background where they taught that, I want you to come to 1 Corinthians 14. Because this aspect of apologetics, this come speak in tongues, and if you speak in tongues, you're saved, has been used by some churches, and it doesn't preach the whole gospel. Here's what Paul goes on to say. So now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in other tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you with revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? Even lifeless instruments that produce sounds, whether flute or harp, if they don't make a distinction in the notes, how will what is played on the flute or harp be recognized? In fact, if the bugle makes an unclear sound, who will prepare for battle? You can tell that Paul's kind of evoking apocalyptic prophecy here, describing the last trumpet in the next chapter. In the same way, unless you use your tongue for intelligible speech, how will what is spoken be known? For you will be speaking into the air. There are doubtless many different kinds of languages in the world. None is without meaning. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker will be a foreigner to me. So also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek to excel in building up the church. Therefore, the person who speaks in another tongue should pray that he can interpret. For if I pray in another tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the Spirit, and I will also sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the Spirit, how will the outsider say amen at your giving of thanks, since he doesn't know what you're saying? For you very well may be giving thanks, but the other person is not being built up. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others also than 10,000 words in another tongue. Brothers and sisters, don't be childish in regard to your thinking, but be infants in regard to your, uh, your evil and adult in your thinking. It is written in the law, I will speak to this people by people of other tongues and by the lips of foreigners, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Speaking in other tongues then is intended as a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. That was exactly the case at Pentecost. While prophecy is not for unbelievers, but for believers. If therefore the whole church assembles together and all are speaking in other tongues, and people who are outsiders or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're out of your minds? But if all are prophesying and some unbeliever or outsider comes in, he is convicted by all and is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart will be revealed, and as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming God is really among you. What then, brothers and sisters? Whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, another tongue, an interpretation. Everything is to be done for building up. If anyone speaks in another tongue, there are to be only two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no interpreter, that person is to keep silent in the church and to speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak and the other should evaluate. But if something has been revealed to another person sitting there, the first prophet should be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that everyone may, may learn and everyone may be encouraged. And prophets' spirits are subject to prophets since God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So if your experience, your whole salvation is built upon an emotional experience or speaking in tongues and you were told that speaking in tongues is necessary for salvation or that speaking in tongues is a sign of having been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I invite you and implore you, go back on jessicumbleministries.com and watch our opening sermon on the book of Acts, both the origin series or the book of Acts series where we actually preached at the Redemption Church. 
I love, again, I love the charismatic church. I'm grateful for all of its ministry. It's actually the only growing denomination in the world. But if your whole experience is based upon speaking in tongues as though it were necessary for salvation, you've adopted a soteriology that's in conflict with what Paul plainly writes in 1 Corinthians 14. Like Paul, I pray in a private prayer language, but I would never bring that to corporate worship for this reason, out of reverence for this text. This is experientialism, and it is sometimes used to produce disciples who then fall away because their understanding of God is that he's like Santa Claus. And when suddenly Santa Claus gives you bad gifts, you want to stop believing in him. I've seen the damage that this can do in something that was a counterfeit revival. It's literally the title of a book that was written about it after the fact. It would would leave, people, leave in its wake a broke church and disillusioned souls. So that's why at the Redemption Church, we're not going to contrive revival. I praise God that I can pray in a private prayer language, but I pray that you likewise would come to church with intelligible speech, with just one person speaking, and that everything is done neatly and in order. This is what Paul writes about the gift of tongues, and it's what my charismatic friends know I'll call them to account for as I try to abide by it myself with full integrity. Within apologetics, there are some forms of experientialism that just work. And if you come to a church and you have an emotional experience and you begin to speak in a language that you haven't studied before, you're pretty convinced that God is real. And for that reason, such converts have lasting staying power, but there are others who come in, have an emotional experience, and then if 1 Corinthians 14 is not abided by, it just makes them sound crazy. That's what Paul describes here. Like if somebody were to come in and see what you're doing in verse 23, would they not say that you are out of your minds? It's to be done in a way that is neat and is orderly. So within this particular form of experientialism, the redemption church is gonna abide by scripture. It's tough, but it's what the word of God says. There is a reason for the hope that we have, and that goes even beyond an emotional experience. It goes even beyond an experience that includes the gift of tongues. This is where the gift of tongues fits within the hierarchy as per Paul. So there's more to evangelism from apologetics than shipping people off to a cabin somewhere and making them speak in tongues. And everybody who speaks in tongues gets saved. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. All right, that's where a false gospel enters. I wanna pray for you really quick. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the order that you give us, the clear instructions and confines and purposes for the gift of tongues. And I lift up anybody who's watching this video who was under the impression that they had to speak in tongues in order to be saved. And Lord, they just can't. So they've been faking it. I pray, I, I pray freedom over my friends in Jesus' name. You've introduced some of me, some of them to me in the past. I pray, Lord, that you would set those free that I haven't met yet. God, I lift up those who believed that they were superior to others because of their gift of tongues. Lord, would you set them free? Would you, Lord, bless, Lord, your charismatic churches as long as they abide by the structure that you've given them. Would you bring them within order so that they would continue to grow, continue to evangelize, but do so within the freedom that comes to the confines provided by 1 Corinthians 14. There's freedom for the gift of tongues within these confines. We thank you, Lord, for the structure and order that you give to our church polity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.